0: Hello and welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk about different topics in the health, wellness, and fitness space. No topic is off limits here. I'm your host, Tessa Breden, certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist with a passion for helping busy adults tone up, lose body fat, and feel good. Julian Martinez. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. We've known each other, what, since high school?
1: High school. It's been a long That's time. crazy. I, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's uh, 2022. So 12 years is when we when I graduated high school. Were you 2010?
0: I was the year after. Okay, yeah.
1: okay. But still, I mean, like over 10 years. So it's been a long I, time. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. And I feel like it's kind of come full circle of, you know, we are now at that point where you sort of reconnect with people on social media and whatnot and start having conversations and our lives are in totally different spaces. And so it's it's really great that we have been able to reconnect and we've been able to talk a lot over the past few months about fitness. And so I want you just to kind of tell me a little bit about your background in fitness, kind of how you got started.
1: Sure sure and I thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I think First. what you're doing with the fitness industry is so cool. Um, I love the content I, I, I highly recommend the listeners to if you're not following or follow um, great content. I'm excited to hear I actually listened to a couple podcasts uh, over the last couple of days. I'm like all right let me if I'm gonna be on this I should probably start listening to it So it has been added to uh, my list of podcasts that I'll be listening to going forward.
0: Oh, amazing. Thank you.
1: You got it. You got it. I'm here to support. Um, So a little bit about me. I've been a personal trainer for 12 years. So I actually got certified right after high school. Um, I started off in Reno, Nevada, uh, where I was doing personal training, group classes, a little bit of both. Just still trying to figure things out. I moved up to Seattle about seven years ago. And that's really where I started to master my craft. I mean, over the over the span of two to three years, I was training about 2,000 one on one personal training sessions a year, um, working with all different types of fitness levels, all different types of lifestyles. And so I was really understanding, OK, like how to really develop like personalized training programs. Um, so did that for a couple of years and now uh, and then towards the end, I became the GM and I was actually managing about 15 personal trainers. And so you and i were talking about like our small space our living spaces that we've lived in yeah i was working out of about i think it was about 1200 to 1500 square foot personal training studio um it was in the heart of downtown seattle but we were doing over a million dollars in personal training business it was insane like we were i mean we were kicking ass and so um i learned a lot i moved out of the fitness industry. I still stayed connected, but now I'm actually working. I, 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 I've I done a couple sales roles in uh, med tech, biotech, and now I'm in a uh, tech consulting world.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool. You know, it's kind of nice to talk with people that Maybe I've been in the fitness space but aren't necessarily in it right now because I think you can see the different perspectives of it. And having been in fitness for 12 years, you can really see what that evolution looks like. And it's changed drastically. Um, even from when I started, I mean, sure, there was bodybuilding.com, but like, online fitness wasn't really a thing. Or it wasn't something that was prevalent unless maybe you were in like the competition space and you were working with like an NPC coach or something of that nature. So I personally think the evolution of fitness has been really, really interesting. i love to hear your perspective. Like what are some of the shifts you've seen that are like the most interesting to you?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I think, the, I think what I like the most of what I'm seeing is there's a, there's a larger shift towards the quality of movements versus how do i look better how do mm-hmm. i how do i improve my aesthetics and it's and for me that was it was that's more of like the superficial side which is there's nothing wrong with that side but i think it it's it goes a lot deeper right? and for me it was like how do we move better how do we feel better how do we give people the confidence and the confidence doesn't necessarily be like i the confidence doesn't necessarily mean like you have to have a six pack confidence is just feeling strong and feeling good about your body. And that's really what I've seen in a a shift in the fitness industry, I think people are starting to recognize there's, you don't have to be jacked to be a high quality trainer, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be have, you don't have to have your master's degree to be a high quality trainer. And so what I'm understanding, at least right now I'm seeing the shift is the, the 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 attention towards the quality of movement. Um, the attention towards authenticity I think that's a big thing when you when you can recognize that that person's not trying to look like every single person out there Mm -hmm. they're trying to be them Um, and third I'd say um, uh, uh, the, the combination of really taking nutrition and taking training and doing it together I do think it was a little bit siloed for a long time and so now I'm starting to see that they're 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 really going hand in hand, which I, I I know that you're you're doing a lot of that, which is awesome work.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I you touched on a couple of points. I think that there has been this really big transformation of like not every trainer has to look exactly like their clients. I know that this is something that a few of my friends shout out to my friend Karina. Um, she had talked about this on her social media. How someone actually said to her point blank like oh, I would never hire you because you don't look fit enough to be a personal trainer. And like, oh, what an awful thing. One, is just a human being to say to somebody else. But two, just because you look a certain way doesn't mean you're not qualified with quality movement and expertise in a space. And so I think it's really important for people to not just go for the trainers that have That aesthetic, but actually have the education. Um, I mean, sure, there can be a combination of both. That's not to say that personal trainers or trainers that have your quote unquote ideal physique aren't qualified, but it's to say like, do your research and really understand who you're trying to work with. And I think on that same point is that one of the evolutions I've personally found to be the most interesting is people are getting away from the fun movements and are going back to the basics. And it's finally starting to click for people that the boring stuff is what works. And I think that's something we saw for a really long time at the peak of social media. And maybe you have also seen this. Sure, here and there, I I still see some of it. But in general, people are saying, hey, the boring stuff works. This is what is going to Give you strength, and these are the things you should be doing on a weekly basis to grow where you want to grow
1: I can't agree with you more <laughs> um it, it I think there was a there was a there was a long point in time where I, people were putting exercises um or sharing exercises purely based on how they look they're like all oh, that mm-hmm. exercise looks cool and so the intention behind movements like was just it was not there like they're not doing it because they're, they're their intention was to get better or develop this area of your muscle or move better in this area and so all of it for a long time was like it was just like fun and cool movements but i think results are actually like the fun and cool part of doing things and some of the uh, i mean yes yeah, some of the exercises might not be like as sexy to like a lot of some people but it's 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 fundamental in being able to get results and so yeah i i I totally agree with you and i appreciate you sharing that um i'm just thinking like going back to what you were saying uh before that um
0: in regards to like the body types
1: the body types yeah i just i just wanted to touch on that one more time like i one i think that was just i that's that's really sad that that person said that to that person. That's, that's really messed yeah. up. Um, but, uh, it's not, but actually it's, 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 it's also on us as trainers and I'm sure you're there, but we have the right to choose who we work with. Mm-hmm. And that's what I also like want trainers to know. It's like, you don't have to work with everybody. Right. And I tell that to my clients, like, Hey, this is the, I, I know like you're paying me, but Hey, like I I know there's other people out there that not only are they, um willing to pay but they're willing to be here they want to be here so i ask people like when i was training i'm like i ask if you don't want to be here like i don't want to waste your time and money and i don't want to waste my time and and so um it's like getting on that same level and having that confidence in yourself um and being able to choose who you work with so to that trainer that got said that just like you don't want to work with that person anyways
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think there is this weird, like as trainers, we forget that at the end of the day, like we do get to choose if we want to work with somebody or not. And I know it can be really difficult to say like, no, I don't want that money. But for me, it comes down to sort of that alignment to make sure that person fits with you because I have been in the situation, even just with group classes where people show up at five, six in the morning they're maybe not morning people, and they have a bad attitude. Your attitude really does, like, you. what you're putting out there is, t- is being taken on by the person you're with. And so if somebody comes in with a bad attitude, I'm kind of going to feed off of that energy, and I'm not going to be able to give you my best if you are coming in with a bad attitude. So like, Sure, if the morning time is the only time you can work out, I understand that. But I ask of anybody that is doing something that they don't necessarily want to do to almost fake it or try to have a moderate attitude. I'm not asking you to come in with like bright eyes and bushy tail at five in the morning, but have a moderate attitude because that not only affects the person that's training you, whether it's a group fitness instructor or a personal trainer, but it affects the people around you. And that can be really challenging. And so obviously in group fitness, you don't have the choice to pick and choose who you work with. But if you constantly have a personal training client that is coming in with a negative attitude, or I've had a situation where clients are constantly complaining or saying, oh, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that exercise. That's maybe when you need to step back and say, look, like I, I think that we can come to a compromise, but at the end of the day, like I'm giving you a workout and a plan that is going to give you the result you requested. And by just not doing that exercise is like basically saying that I don't know what I'm doing and you should just do it on your own. I don't, have right. you ever experienced that
1: yes yes <laughs> i think uh i mean there's a there's a there's a lot of that right there's always that like i've i've had the, some tough conversations even even in seattle where i'd say for the most of my career in seattle was just everyone i, I set the expectation right i was like mm-hmm. hey like here's 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 what what's gonna happen and um and i do have that hard conversation like we're not i, I can't Um, there's no magic pill, right? There's, there's not like I can make you fit by tomorrow, but here, let me paint the picture of what is possible in the next 12 weeks. And here's what's going to happen. Here's what you can expect. And here's the, the amount of the level of effort that I'll need from you and commitment I'll need from you. And so if you don't feel like you can provide that, then it's going to be very tough for us to achieve our goal. And once I get that type of, once I, I set that expectation. Um. Then they're like, OK, but I did not learn to do that until I had some tough conversation, like almost arguing conversations, but they're like, I don't want to do this. Why are we doing this? It was like it was those tough conversations. Well, and then I realized it's easy for me to be like God, the clients so tough to work with, but that's out of my control. What I can control is how I set the expectations, and so I started to really think about what are the things I can control, Um, and and one was setting expectations. One was giving them like a full uh, visibility into like the program, even going into it. They're like, hey, this is what we're working on today, and that way they're not like blindsided by anything. Um, And so there's been that whole level of communication and just setting the right expectations. But yes there's still going to be those tough conversations. Um, But I do think as trainers, we have to figure out that's where that's where our specialty comes in, we got to figure out, okay, how do I best communicate with this person? How do I get this person to really understand and trust and believe in the process? And so uh, that's where I think trainers have to bring in their own flavor and their own uniqueness to the to the conversation and to the to the training session.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm huge on education too. And when it comes to expectation setting, you want to make sure that your client is educated in why they are doing what they're doing. That's really big for me because. I don't want somebody to ever feel like, okay, well, why am I Like, why am I doing the same move for 12 weeks? Like I have a client right now, and I've told her point blank, I said, look, we're gonna be working on a few foundational movements for the next like three months. We'll switch them up here and there. We'll do a couple other exercises that are gonna mix it up so it doesn't feel boring. I said, but we're working on some certain things so that we can get you the results you want. she's like, All right, sounds good. And she knows why we're doing what we're doing, how we're doing what we're doing, and what her part is in that success.
1: Love that. I love that. I mean, I think um, just, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Just setting the expectations, foundational movements, love hearing that. I think that's um, totally like still to this day. I love that there's a, a move toward or a shift towards like improving movements, but I do think there's still a lot of trainers out there that are skipping the foundational part, um, and not properly developing their clients. So I'm glad to hear that you're you're doing that foundational stuff. It's awesome.
0: Oh thank you. Yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta stick with the basics a lot of the times. That being said, I wanna hear your thoughts on if you think like one training style is better than another.
1: Hmm. That's a maybe elaborate a little bit more to one training style, like, um, like I, yes. because I think of training styles, like as a, there's like Olympic lifting training style, powerlifting training. Yeah. Style, like,
0: yeah, absolutely. Do you think there's like, one that is like superior to others?
1: Hmm. I think, um, I think and that's best, obviously
0: very opinion based.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Are we talking training styles? Like, um, for a trainer to train someone or a tra- a person to do for themselves
0: a person to do for themselves
1: okay got it um i don't i do think i think training is um the style is um is gonna be sub- really subjective to like whatever the person enjoys the most and that's it, it does have to be fun and enjoying and, and enjoyable um for that person so i i do think Um, the best training style is the one that someone's going to stick to for the rest of their lives. So whatever that may be, the Pilates, yoga, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, like they all have their own benefit, but we're all we're all we're all here to like get healthier and fit and um so no, I don't think there's one better than the other.
0: Yeah, I think it can be really tricky because in the fitness industry, I think we all have our own styles as coaches specifically. And you see so often that it's very cut and dry for some people that, oh, this training style is better. Lifting weights is the only way. And I think that can kind of put people in this box that makes them feel stuck. And if they're not doing it, that they're not going to be in shape or they're not going to see the results that they want. And so I think it can be kind of this like, tough thing and i think we've all maybe maybe not but as coaches kind of been guilty of maybe um saying that without saying that you know i think that it's right. it's almost like i do what i would consider to be more of a bodybuilding style of training and that's how i like to train my clients and I think it's a great training style. It's what I use. It's what I've seen results with. It's how I've helped a lot of women. But like I see so many other trainers that do all of their exercises are supersets. I don't do a ton of supersets in my workouts because that's not my particular training style and how I necessarily like to train everything. Uh, So it's kind of interesting because, again, I think we unintentionally put that on people that, oh, my training style is better, but that's not necessarily the case.
1: yes that you're right and I I I. so I have I don't know if you've ever read the book Greenlight by Matthew McConaughey it's a great book no I have um, not there's a line in there where he's like um where he's in this scenario uh, I won't go through it but the line was um it's not to determine who's right or wrong but it's to understand and so that's been my whole approach op- approach to other coaches and trainers, like as much as I'll look at a program and be like, "Wow, you're doing way too much in this hour, like you're doing like supersets on like seven different exercises, I can sit there and judge. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't understand, I, I want to understand, maybe I don't, maybe that's a request that the client asked for. Or maybe it's Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, I, I truly don't know. So when it comes to like looking at like what's best for the client. It's always, or I mean, what's the best approach? It always comes down to the client. Right. So it's like, if they're, if they're wanting their physique to look great, then, you know, like bodybuilding is a great approach. If they're like, Hey, I, w- I just want to feel strong as F, like maybe powerlifting is the right approach, or maybe it's like, Hey, I just want to purely. And I hear this a lot. Like, I just want to be physically fit. Like I want to be healthy and they're like, well, how do you define healthy? there's always like those questions like how do you define being um strong like and so it's really asking the client what does all these things mean to you what does it mean to be fit what does it mean to look physically fit or strong or um or um or, or, or confident for example and so when it comes to um and i i think for me as a coach and i i do uh try to Encourage other coaches to do this as well as to learn all the different styles, because there's gonna be like I I remember when I was in powerlifting, uh, so a lot of my focus was like powerlifting slash bodybuilding style training, and then someone was like, I want to learn how to power clean. I'm like, I don't know how to power clean. So there's two options for me, and which I'm I'm comfortable with. One is I will never teach someone that I don't uh, something I don't know how to do or I've never done myself. So I I, mm-hmm. I always feel confident about being like, here I'll find you an Olympic lifting coach um two it would be on me to learn how to do it if that's something i want to be able to teach learn how to do it and so as i over the past 12 years i've all i've done is continue to learn all of the different not all of the different styles because there's so many different training styles so i can better understand how to really develop a personalized training program for this person and so i mean all the way from imbalances learning like imbalances throughout the body improving stability all the way to you know one rm on a lift i mean it could be a, a, a there's a whole continuum on like how to really train someone and so to go back into what i was saying is just um the more we can get personalized with our training programs become more agile like with our training methods i think the better off for their clients. And so I've moved away from I I, I still commit to 12 week program. But instead of having a fixed 12 week program, every week is essentially I stay agile through every week, every week is essentially an assessment. So anytime we're making we're having to make adjustments, because sometimes you might like you might make a program and you might be wrong. Like, no, this this movements not you're not ready. We're gonna have to go here. Or i'm seeing this type of energy leak we're Mm -hmm. gonna have to do this for it right and so and and this is all like i'm speaking to the choir i know that um but i still see a lot of trainers not doing that they're they're fixed on that program like hey like they're committed to 12 but it's 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 your it's the ability to adapt to your client continuously is what makes it even more personalized Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I have to also make this point, though, that when it comes to the online coaching side of things, that's where I think people lock in that 12-week program a little bit more. Now, I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate here and say that sometimes it comes down to the client expressing what's working and what's not working for them as well, because I do weekly check-ins with clients, and I say, how are you feeling about training? How are things going? And I request videos, as do a majority of online coaches. If you are a client and you do not send videos and you do not send detailed feedback and say, hey, like, When I'm doing these squats, my knee's feeling a little weird, or I feel like I'm tipping forward, something just doesn't feel right. We all know how to essentially squat down. Maybe your squat form isn't perfected, but we all know how to pick up a box and use our legs. You know, we understand what that general movement is. And you know when something doesn't feel right. Like we know when our bodies don't feel, something feels funky. And so it comes down to that the client's also being like, hey, Julian, like something feels weird. And if they don't, how are we supposed to make those adjustments for them?
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. There's that level of communication. So going into that scenario, how do you typically handle that situation?
0: In what sense?
1: Um, Like when someone like, when you're like, you're wanting to help, how do you typically handle that situation when they're, they're like, hey, my knees are hurting, but they don't, you the context of like why it's hurting they don't send you the videos they don't you know they're, they're they're not they're not giving you what you need
0: yeah i think it's continuously asking and reminding them like hey i really need to see a video even if you're just at home if you could just grab a pillow and show me what a squat looks like. Just hold that pillow at your chest or whatever. I just want to take a look at how your body is moving. If you don't feel comfortable doing it in the gym, that's okay. Go ahead and do it at home. Just show me what that form looks like and we can talk through things. Or if they need to hop on a call, take that time and say, all right, let me take 30 minutes of your time and let's walk through things. And if they're still hesitant, I personally will send just videos of myself, either talking through it or um, video of a, like, for example, I have a lot of people that have have trouble with conventional deadlifts. Obviously, it's a pretty challenging exercise and I will draw on my videos and say, okay, do you see how my hips are below my shoulders? My back is flat, shoulder blades are Hold back and down, and they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I say, Try it light, see how it feels, send a video, and now I want you to start working your way back up. Um, But I think most people are visual learners. It's pretty rare that people can just hear a form correction and totally understand it. Now, I have a lot of clients who get it, like they do hear it and get it, Um, but a lot of them want to see videos of you. And so I think showing better videos, if you're using, any video software and not uploading videos videos of yourself, which as a trainer, it is very time consuming to do so. Um, you also just have to note that the person in that video that you're sending them might not be doing the form the exact way you want them to do it. And so just breaking it down for people as simple as possible, because at the end of the day, we have to simplify everything for everybody, anything simplified as well. And so it's very common to need to just kind of break it down in a step-by-step direction
1: yeah that's great I mean that's great I mean you, you the, I love how involved you are with your clients and like how much I feel, I feel like your level of effort is above and beyond which I think is one of the, the most important characteristics of being a really great trainer like I can just tell talking to you um and, and surprisingly i, I I've talk, I, like i've I've had conversations with um, other people where they, they don't sound like you they don't sound like they care and you sound like you care. You're like I give a shit. Like I want you to be better. Like I'm not doing this for me, like I'm doing this for you. And so that just speaks volume i like of of who you are as a trainer. So that's great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: we're, we're we're literally working to help people and I think that's so sad to know that I mean, I know there's so many trainers and I hear it all the time especially in group fitness that trainers just are in and out. They just want their paycheck and like Personal training is not a career you get into to be a millionaire. Okay. It's just not. Can you make a lot of money doing it? Yes, you can, but you don't get into training because you want to be super wealthy. You just don't. You have to really go into this job because it's something you're passionate about. And like, it's certain things you see from clients that are really big wins. Like my client, her name's Becky, if she's listening, I just have to give her the biggest shout out because she always just gives huge wins. Like her win, her two wins she gave me last week were one that she's able to lift her 40-pound daughter over her head. And she's like, I've never been able to like throw her overhead. She's like, I'm literally tossing her above my head. And I'm like, okay, first, that's awesome. And that is amazing. She's like, I literally have a video of it so that I can remember this moment. And like, how cute is that? And then she sent me a text like a few days later. And she's like, I bought my first bikini since I've had my daughter, which was in four years. And she, I said, how do you feel? And she said, oh my gosh, I feel so hot. And I'm like, yes, that is why I like to do what I do because she's now found confidence that she didn't have before working with me. And like, if that does not just like light you up as a trainer, then you are like not in the right industry.
1: <laughs> seriously, I, I love hearing those types of stories. It's a, when you see the work pay off and it translates over into like their their everyday life like i like this the part where you're saying like tossing her kid like yeah. over her. i mean like those are all things that like i never thought about doing this but then you're like but this is all the stuff that's been happening in the gym that allows me to do this and to see somebody tr- transform essentially you're, you're going from you know the person that comes in they're actually comes in slowly and they're they're, they're Super timid and they're they're not excited to be there or they're they're shy, and then twelve weeks twenty four weeks, thirty six weeks, however long you've been working with them, all of a sudden they're skipping in the gym, they're smiling all the time, they're super happy, and like that 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 those moments are like what like make it all like all worth it like yeah th- yes, yes, so it's like the physical part seeing them transform there. But also the mental part is like, uh, it just, it like warms your heart, right? It makes yes. you feel like, yeah, and yet we did this together and it's, it, it's great. I love it.
0: Yeah. How do you think that people can like make the most out of their training as in clients? Like, how do you think clients can make the most out of either their online trainers, their group fitness classes, or their personal trainers?
1: How can they make the most? Yeah. Out like, of, uh, how like, do they-
0: Get an experience that is benefiting them, because again, I think people just show up, do the work, and then kind of go on with their day. Like, how can they make it the most beneficial for themselves?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think, I think for, um, I think for training, what I've learned is that in order to make it the most beneficial, is making a is developing a program where it feels like a part like it's as simple as it is like what what excites you in the gym is it like being there is it lifting up heavy weight is it sweating like crazy is it the gym pump like wh- what is it and it's, it's like finding it and then taking that like oh i love just like being out of breath and you're like okay well i'm not gonna have you out of breath for an hour but i will keep that i will tie that in there to um in into your program so I can satisfy that 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 mental part of why you like to be here. And so it's finding that thing that excites people and it sometimes it takes time. And sometimes it takes. Um, it takes Yeah, it takes time. And sometimes it takes you to like kind of throw these suggestions You're like, Hey, I saw you smiling in there. And maybe it's like her doing ball slams or something and just feeling like super powerful or or or, uh, or even like jump roping. Maybe it's like, ah, oh, I jump roped as a kid all my life. I love this shit. And so it's finding those things and being able to tie it into your program into the program to so they feel like they're helping you build it. And then it feels even more personal. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's I actually started recently, asking my training clients, like, what style of training is your favorite? Because I think Mm. that's really big. And a lot of times I'll get like cycling and I'm like, okay, so they want something that's high intensity, but they need, they want a different result. And so it's finding that like happy medium of like your high intensity, maybe we're incorporating some box jumps or some challenging things, but we're still working on like, again, those foundational moves.
1: Right, right. And and you start to like, you start to understand um your client over time like it's and that's why you it's about the long game because if this was like a one-week thing you're gonna uncover so much in that one week and you're like uh i want want to change this this and that and you start having those conversations where like didn't like that did like this um or this hurt and so you start making even more personal and so what i love is being able to like work with someone and then they're like or it works with someone and for twelve weeks, and then after that twelve weeks, they get to their say roughly their goal that they wanted, and they're like, "Well, what next?" I'm like, "Based on what we're doing right now, like, I think you could be on a sh- like in, on stage doing a show." And some people are like, "I I have never ever thought about that." Like I had a client that was a sixty old couple, um, sixty old sixty plus. And they're like hey, we're training for general fitness. Um, they talks about hiking every single day, right? I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like you love hiking outside, like in, um, in Washington. I'm like, how about you like hike Mount Kilimanjaro or do something crazy? And we trained. I trained them to hike Mount Kilimanjaro, and so it's again, it's like they end up deciding that. But but what I love is just being able to help paint the picture. And then them uncovering like, oh my gosh, I didn't believe this was possible. And then they keep going, what else is possible? Then they start getting, then it just becomes like this. I don't ever, I don't ever want to stop training. And, you know, that's, that's how, um, that's how I feel like uh, I've been able to build long term relationships is because, um, is because of that painting that picture as a, as a, as a trainer for them.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that once you kind of realize what you're capable of and you start training, uh, it actually puts things into perspective. I've been told for years like, oh, you should compete. Oh, you should compete. And I've never wanted to. And I kind of had this like light click in my head this year. And I was like, you know, I think I finally want to do it. But it took me, I mean, I've been in fitness for 13 years um and it really took me that long to be like you know what i think i actually want to like commit to this because i think i actually can do it and actually be good at it
1: you would be great you absolutely should do it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's <laughs> definitely
0: one of those like terrifying things where you're like ah, but hey there's no time like the present right <laughs>
1: right right and it, it's 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 like I mean like just because we're the trainers or coaches there's still moments in our life where we're like we get a little vulnerable like uh that sounds scary as f i don't want to do that um but then when you do it we just broke through a new barrier and then same thing for us we're like i never want to stop training if i did one competition i want to win like the state competition and then you just keep going and it becomes like this awesome like story right an awesome journey and that's the, be- I think the best part of the fitness, uh, one of the best parts of the fitness is everyone's journey is so different. And it's, 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 it, it's that's actually part of like what Seasons of Strength is to me. It's like, is, is tying in everyone's experience. I, like my mission uh, is being able to tie in everyone's experience to make agile training programs um, that make it just more inclusive for everybody.
0: I love that. that. That kind of segues into my next question of like where you feel like there's a difference between working out and training.
1: Hmm. Mm, um. A difference in working out and training. Yeah. Like um, no Training
0: as a like modality. So I'll kind of give my perspective on this and maybe you can share yours as well. So yeah. I, for such a long time, I will say that I was always working out. And for me, I think working out is, and it's these are both very good things. I don't want there to be a misconception here or a misunderstanding that one is better than the other. I just think that they're very different. And I think that they are necessary in different seasons of life. So for Mm. example, I was working with the trainer and I went through a season, I was traveling, I was moving, I was doing a lot of things and like, I wasn't going to be, I was actually gone all of the month of June. And I told him like, Hey, I'm not going to be in the gym. I just like, but I, I still need some guidance on what to do. And he's like, look, we're going to take a month off of training and I just want you to work out. I want you to do things you enjoy. I want you just mm-hmm. to move your body in ways that feel good for you. Maybe that's not a training program. You're not following anything. You're just kind of working out with no, there was no like intention really behind it. It was just enjoyment and it wasn't for a specific goal. And I think Mm -hmm. that that can be really necessary within your training program to do things that are enjoyable for you that are just working out that are not tied towards a goal. For me, training means like you are working towards a specific goal, whether it's an aesthetic goal, whether it's a strength goal, whether it's a fat loss goal, whatever that goal is, training means we are working towards something and working out is really just that state of kind of finding fitness or being in in fitness to be like what you said earlier, to just quote unquote be fit. Um uh, mm-hmm. so I, I personally think there is like actually a distinction but I don't think people really talk about that or like how to transition between that and like maybe when you need that distinction
1: yeah I, I was I've been I was smiling the whole time you were talking because <laughs> I, I actually I think that's such an interesting concept and I, I like it I like it a lot I don't think I've ever uh thought of it as like working out versus training but I I do think that's necessary to have those moments of like you're, it's a little bit it's off script, like you're going in there and doing what feels right um, as a coach or as a person like training myself, I call it a discovery phase on like trying new movements, new movements, like working on new things that um, I think flow targeting new muscle groups and just really doing it as a discovery. I've never used this. I've never done it in this format. I've never done this variation and then understanding okay how does this tie into what will this be complementary to and so I love that and I do think it's necessary um and I do think it's a great way to take a break as from like a structured training program um and there's I mean you can go really technical there's like if you're like wanted to do like if you're trying to do like a maintenance or something like that there's always like a certain amount of sets of body parts that you can do per week but I think I like the idea of going in there and just like, I wouldn't say it's like I don't want to call it like a good load or anything, but like it's but it's it really is going in there and just like having fun, resetting and essential essentially, and then reevaluating. Okay, what is my next season? Like my like, and I I I think of seasons of strength. Um, like strength is subjective, right? And mm-hmm. so you can be strong at powerlifting, Olympic lifting, body lift, uh bodybuilding you could be strong writer uh, um, um, uh you could be strong at bowling you could be strong at uh whatever it is really and it's it's what area or what part of your area do you want to get stronger at whatever that is your choice that's going to be your season and that's that i i apply that method or thought process towards my everyday life and my training style so like right now i'm in like more of like a strength and conditioning and so um, going back to what you said, I think for me, those workouts, um, I don't have like a set time frame. I think it's whenever I feel ready to start getting back into training. Um, but I think those workouts, uh, as you described, are, the, are, what, are what helps me build the next training program.
0: For sure. And I also think it's important to know, you know, I have clients come to me that are, we're working together for six to nine months and it's like very normal to kind of fall in this lull where you're like, oh my God, I like don't feel like training right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a time again to be really good at communication with a coach if you are in that season and express like how you're feeling and maybe what you need from that because a lot of times i think people instantly want to like hey i need a break from training but it doesn't necessarily need to be like you stepping away for a break from training maybe it just looks like training in a different style i had a client and um i ended up putting her into like this kettlebell mobility phase and i was like look we're going to try this out for like 6 weeks she, i was like i just want you to like move your body differently i want you to try like we did all kettlebell workouts And I was like, I just want you to do some different things. And one, it was really challenging for her, but it also taught her so many new things. And this client, she's a Pilates instructor as well. And so she was doing her Pilates. She was doing kettlebells. She was doing this mobility work. And now she's back to strength training. And like, holy crap, that girl is like so strong because she took the time she needed quote unquote away from training. But we just shifted and kind of changed what her training style looked like. But I think people so often think that it's black and white. Like, oh, I need to take a break from training or I need to like step away. And that's when that like motivation, discipline kind of comes in. Like that discipline has to take control, but it doesn't always have to take control of like, okay, I have to push through these workouts. Now that's that's also I have to mention – Do not go to your coach and ask for new workouts every single week, um, constantly, or every four weeks. If you are trying to reach for a specific goal and you want to tone up, every four weeks, like, ain't going to cut it, in my personal opinion. Uh, But I still think that there is room to have a little bit of flexibility. And even like I talked to my coach the other day and I was like, hey, every time I pick up weights, like, I literally couldn't lift anything last week. I was so weak. She's like, You need a week off. She's like, Cut back on caffeine. You need a week off of training. And then your second week back, let's just like deload back into things. And so this week, I've really taken a step back. I've gone to group classes. Today, I took a dance class. Like, I'm trying different things just to kind of get that inspiration back or that feeling I love of being at the gym. And I'm super excited to go into next week and deload because I took this week off of training and went into just working out and doing things I enjoyed and having fun but that doesn't mean I stopped one training or working out I just switched the modality I was doing for a few days
1: Yeah that makes total sense I mean that you you listen to your body is is you listen you, you you told your coach like hey this isn't I'm not feeling right like something's off and um uh, you know your coach recognized it, it's it, sounds like it was a time for a deload or a time for a break there. Um, not from necessarily moving. And, and it, you, I think everyone, like once you start training for that long period of time, um, I do think like fitness enthusiasts tend to not give themselves grace. They're like, if I'm mm-hmm. not going hard a hundred percent of the time, if I'm not representing my social media, if I'm not lifting what I was lifting last week or two weeks ago, like, whatever it is, like, I, it's, it's like, especially trainers, it's like, we feel like, like we're not allowed to have shitty days or shitty weeks. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, to your, to what, everything you were just saying, I think it's like just giving yourself that grace to be like, no, I'm not gonna, I need a deload. Um, maybe it was a stressful week or maybe I, my nutrition was off or whatever it was. It's like recognizing that, you know, I'm not, I'm not performing at my best. But that doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. And so, yeah.
0: I agree. Okay, so you also mentioned you've worked with, what, thousands of clients at this point. So you live in Seattle. You live in a very tech-focused city, as do I. How have you seen some of your really busy clients Fit fitness into their busy schedules because that is a mm-hmm. huge challenge for a majority of people is actually finding the time for exercise or for themselves
1: uh good question so being in the tech space it's a bit easier just because they are they they have a little bit more flex on their hours um i see it now as being even better because of more a shift to hybrid model and at least that's what I, 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 I'm I also not working full time as a trainer and person or anything anymore. And and so um, I don't know what's going on right now. But what I experienced working in the, with tech folks is that um, it, at first it was them wanting to choose those obvious hours like 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., whatever it is, so like in between or around the um the work hours but then as you start to get like understand and build that trust and they start to see that value that's when i'm like hey like is any chance you can come in at like 10 or lunchtime or then you start to like they could start giving you that Um, but i will say like starting off um i try to be as accommodating as possible uh until i've built that trust and show them some value in like what they're getting out of it to where they are like, I need to prioritize this. And if I'm like, Hey, like I'm not doing any more sessions at 5.00 AM. Like if you want to train together, we got to do it at 10, 10, AM. That's where, uh, that's, that's my suggestion. But
0: what are you, how about speaking to the client instead of speaking to the trainer side of things? Like how do you speak to that client and like essentially convince them to prioritize themselves?
1: Hmm. Mm um well they stepped in typically at least when i was at the gym like if i have if i'm having a conversation with them they reached out like they you you reached out they reached out for a reason reason they stepped into the gym for a reason and that's really what i'm trying to understand like i'm i'm i move complete. i i started the conversation away from any transactions like i'm not even thinking about price i'm like how do i get this person to trust me and so it's really understanding Why are you here? Like, why did you step in uh, the gym today? And he's like, Oh, I want to get physically fit. Like, all right, well, what was the catalyst for that? I mean, you've had plenty of options, could have came in yesterday, but like, why today? And so then they start unraveling, once you can get them to start unraveling and sharing and being vulnerable. Then they're like, if they if they're unraveling and, and, and sharing, that means they're starting to trust you. And so then you're like, Okay, I totally get it. I get why you're here. And, um, and I can help you get to here over the course of this, and then we start going into more of like here, oh, of like um, here's what's possible. Um, actually, let me take a step back because I skipped the part. I actually tell them who I am. I tell them a little bit more about me and and the experience that I have. I don't say like I, I've trained over two thousand sessions, but I'm like, hey, like I've you know I've I've been there. I've, here's my journey. Um, here's why I think we'd be a good fit, and so. That's where I think um, talking about them, selling yourself, selling like um, sometimes the company, uh, but really building that trust is number one. And then once they can see that, once you have them and they're like you, 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 you they've they've committed, that's when you're like, all right, here are my time blocks. And like I, sometimes, you, sometimes for those moments too, if you're like, oof, this person's not going to be happy about a six a.m., you, you almost have to do. Um, it's it's you almost like gotta call out the things that they're probably gonna say, and that's to be like, hey man, I know six a.m. is gonna be early. It's gonna suck, but and I used to hate it, but now I do it every single day, and my clients love it. They feel fired up for the day. They feel energized. They like they're they're ready to kick some butt at work. Um, so if you can stick with me for like two weeks, and then if you absolutely hate it after two weeks, I will do everything I can to find you another time block. And so that's typically how I get them to to see it, but if you can draw enough um, emotion out of them, they'll do whatever time block you want
0: and I think at the end of the day, it comes down to you know self efficacy of actually getting in there and Most of the clients I work with are women and they are really busy women. And so they might be getting their kids ready for school at 6 a.m. and don't have time to go to the gym. And I've definitely seen this challenge of as people are now starting to go back to work um, or I work with a lot of nurses who have long shifts and going to the gym is the last thing that they want to do. But if you've made that first step of reaching out to somebody, again, you have the self-efficacy to at least know that you want to make some sort of change. And so always my biggest piece of advice – to the consumer or to people looking to get into fitness and find ways to fit it into their busy schedule, even if like you are working with a one-on-one trainer and they only have certain time blocks is make sure you're planning things out accordingly. I am like the ultimate planner and side note, if anybody's listening to this and they need help actually like planning out a calendar, I am more than happy to help people plan out calendars because I think that my, my time blocking and my skills of managing a calendar are quite superb majority of the time. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm pretty yeah. good at managing my calendar. And so I've just found that planning things out that are important to me is, is really beneficial. And there was actually this analogy that I found to be really useful. Do you know those like big, I, I okay, just imagine like a big glass jar or whatever, and you've got two of them. that first big glass jar, you have um, three balls that are in that jar, okay? So those three balls are your three priorities for that day. And now you have 50 little balls, and those 50 little balls are the other tasks you have to do that aren't your priorities. Now, when you pour those tiny balls over the big ones, they're going to fill in the gaps, right? Now, if you are just doing things to do things, fill up that other big glass jar or whatever with all of those tiny balls, right? That's going to fill up what, half the jar or a quarter of the jar. Now try and fit those three big balls that are your three priorities on top of that. One of them ain't going to fit. I'm going to tell you that right now. So if you start putting your priorities first and filling in the gaps with all of those other things, then things are going to work out. You're going to be able to fit all of those things in there once your priorities are done. And I think that's really big, and again, I'm huge on analogies or visual- visualizations because I think it gives you like, oh my God, you're right, like you know those things those ads on Instagram that always pop up and they're like, only geniuses can figure this out. It's like one of those like <laughs> you have to just fit everything that's important in first, and then everything else will like filter, but if you fill it up with the little things, the big ones won't fit, and so those are always like my biggest tips for people and Maybe you are in a situation where you're working with a trainer and that trainer only has that time block. And guess what? You may need to shift things around. You might need to pack your lunch the night before so that you can make your training session, come home and grab your lunch and go. Like it's things are possible if you want them to be. And I know that it's so much easier said than done but i urge people to like try and make these shifts if they are important to you and everyone says oh no it is important to me but it's you you can only really say so much it's action that shows that it is important and for me that discipline quote unquote we hear this discipline and motivation all the time but that discipline is you showing up for yourself and saying like, I am prioritizing me because I need to help me before I can help you. We put on our own masks before we help the people next to us on an airplane, right? Well, why aren't we doing that in our health and wellness?
1: Yeah, great point, great point. Um, I mean, ultimately like we can't do the work for people clients and so it's like if they want if they want this it's it's, it's on them as much as it be, there's there's only so much a trainer can do um but yes i think it i, I love the whole systems and structure that, and, and organizing your calendars i get intense like adhd so like if i don't have i'm a I'm like a, an activator. I'm going to go do it. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go do it or try it. I'm like, I'm not afraid to um, try new things, but it can also lead to like impulsive decisions. And for me, if I don't have systems and structures in place, uh, or my calendar organized, uh, my, my priority set, I will go off and try everything. And so systems and structures are so key. And so when it comes to like, trying to prioritize training it's it's again like it's really having those hard conversations when they're like hey um here's my schedule and um here's 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 how often i can work out a lot of times like i just sit back and i'm like well how how do you think we can get results with that time and make them Mm -hmm. i want all i do when i have conversations hard conversations is Put the question on them like I want you to tell me like how do we figure this out like it is really asking those constant questions and then they end up telling you and talking through it uh well actually you know what? I can move this around I can move this around and so um question asking and that comes from like just being in the sales space for a long time it's like a lot of times it's just asking the right questions constantly open-ended questions being like in- in- intensely curious about like how how to best serve this person? So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a it's 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 an art. It really yeah. is.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Julian. This is a big question. So, what is one thing that you want listeners to know when it comes to fitness? I know that's super vague, but I want you to give like your best piece of advice to anybody listening today
1: um i i think my best piece of advice it would be um it'll be three things okay uh one will be to smile (laughs) it it just smile um be vulnerable i I do think vulnerability is our greatest strength to be able to say to someone to a coach to a anybody a friend family i'm not happy where i am today Like i want to make a change be be vulnerable um and then be authentic like be you you are not going to look like this person that person anybody on social media be you um, uh, embrace the journey and have fun
0: i love that well julian this has been absolutely wonderful i've loved just having this last hour to chat with you where can everybody listening find you if they want to learn a little bit more about you
1: yeah i I'm, I'm very small on social media i think i have like under 400 followers or something like that but I've been very selective with the people I follow. And I I, I want to connect with as many people um, in the, that are looking to improve their lives. And so you can find me at Seasons of Strength PNW. Um, I I choose two clients every 12 weeks to work, uh to train for free. Uh one male, one female. Um, and that's purely just because I want to give back. And this is my way of doing that. So I'd I'd love to connect with you, I'd love to just chat um Tessa thank you so much for having me like it's I love seeing your journey and seeing like the impact you're having in the fitness community so just keep going and thank you again